This evening's scripture is taken from Ezra, chapter 7, verse 10. Ezra, chapter 7, verse 10. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord, and to do it, and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Good evening and welcome again to our worship service. We are few in number tonight. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's the rain. Maybe uh, it has to do with uh, this being a basketball weekend. I'm not sure. But nonetheless, we will proceed on. Brother Pete asked me just a few minutes ago before we began if I was going to feed uh, you the, the whole load tonight. And I guess uh, we will proceed on as if we have a packed house. But we are glad for the opportunity to be together. We're going to be looking at the book of Ezra, chapter 7, verse 10, the passage that Matt read for us just a moment ago. We're going to be talking tonight about the importance of equipping ourselves for service. All of us, as God's people, want to be faithful servants in the kingdom of God. And so tonight we're going to be talking about this idea. I do want to make mention of the fact that, as was announced earlier, our gospel meeting is only two weeks away. We want to encourage each and every person to be present for every service. We also want to invite our friends and our neighbors. We want to do everything that we can to make this a very successful gospel meeting. I think about our homecoming back in January and what a great success that it was. And I really believe that we can have uh, a great meeting if we will all join hands together and do our very best to promote this gospel meeting that is coming up in just a few short days. All right, with that in mind, we want to now think about what is recorded for us in Ezra chapter 7 at verse 10. The Bible says that Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the Lord and to do it and to teach statutes and ordinances in Israel. As we think for just a few moments about the importance of equipping ourselves in his service, that is, in the Lord's service, I want to suggest to you tonight that there are some characteristics that are set forth in this verse that I believe could be applied to us today as we strive to serve the Lord. I think about championship ball teams. Those of you that have had the privilege over the weekend of watching the Elite Eight, I would imagine are aware of the fact that championship ball teams do not happen overnight. There is a great deal of preparation that takes place prior to a team rising to the top. Well, when we talk about service in the kingdom of God, and particularly when we think about our own abilities and opportunities, we understand that our abilities and opportunities do not happen overnight. But rather, we have to make adequate preparation. We have to equip ourselves to be servants of the Lord. And so I want to think with you for just a few moments about what is said in verse 10 concerning Ezra. 
couple of things you need to know about Ezra. First of all, the Bible says that Ezra was a skilled scribe in the law of Moses. Ezra was a contemporary of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, you recall, had a very important place in the history of the nation of Israel. When they had returned from Babylonian captivity, Nehemiah led the charge in the rebuilding of the temple. Ezra, however, led the charge in what we might call spiritual reformation. He sought to encourage people to return to the law of Jehovah God. And so, in his book, we find some statements made concerning this great appeal. But I want you to, first of all, think with me about the cultivation or preparation of his heart. Because that's what the text says. Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. As you and I think about the preparation that went into the life of Ezra for this particular ministry or this particular calling... There are some things that I think you and I need to consider. When we talk about this idea of preparation, the term simply means to fix, to purpose, to determine, or to establish. Now, I'm not a farmer. I'm not a gardener. But I do know this. Those who tend a garden or those who farm... They do not go out and just throw seed out on their land without working the land, without some type of cultivation, without preparation. Those who tend a garden and those who farm, I'm sure Brother Acre could probably have a lot to say regarding farming. But they understand that you take a piece of land and you work that land, you till the land, you turn the soil. The soil has to be fertilized. It has to be watered. There are a lot of things that go into making that soil ripe for planting the seed. Well, the same thing is true when we talk about equipping ourselves for service in the kingdom of God. There has to be adequate cultivation or preparation in our heart. There are three things that I think you and I need to see from this point. Now the Bible says that Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. I would submit unto you first of all that there has to be reverence for the word. Now the psalmist said in Psalm 119, 161, my heart stands in awe of your word. We have said on times past or on previous occasions that this book that we hold in our hands that we call the Bible is unlike any other book known to man. There have been a lot of good books that have been penned by people. There have been a lot of very fine authors down through the ages. There are some literary masterpieces before us. But this book comes to us by Jehovah God. Paul said, every scripture is inspired of God. This is the very word of the living God. And so when we talk about reverencing a particular work or reverencing a body of work, well, that's what we have in mind here concerning the Bible. 
There are some people today that take a low view of Scripture. Well, those of us that are members of the kingdom of God, we take a very high view of Scripture. We reverence the Word of God because we believe that this message is literally inspired. That God has revealed His mind unto us. So when we talk about the cultivation of our heart, just like Ezra cultivated his heart, he made adequate preparation. We have to begin with a reverence for the Word. That is, we have to reverence this book. We have to understand that it is the mind of God being disclosed unto us. But then there's a second thing we need to understand. And that is when we talk about cultivating or preparing our heart for service. I would submit unto you that there has to be resolve concerning the word. Now somebody might say, what do you mean by resolve? I think there has to be a sense in which you and I are dedicated to the intent of equipping ourselves for service in God's kingdom. It begins with God's holy and inspired word because this is the book that informs us of the various works of the church. Everything that you and I know about the work of the church, the work of the kingdom of God is found in this book. And so there has to be a sense of resolve on our part. We have to dedicate ourselves to that intent. There has to be a strong determination within each of us. I think about students sometimes who are very hard workers. You know, there are some people, they can go to the classroom in school, and they just get it. They don't have to go home and study. They don't have to spend a lot of time burning the midnight oil. It just comes to them very easily. On the other hand, there are some of us who have to literally roll up our sleeves and dig in and study. It takes a lot of heart. I had a professor on one occasion that said he would rather have a hardworking B student than a lazy A student any time. Well, what we're talking about is grit and determination. There has to be that kind of resolve within each of us. That resolve begins concerning the Word of God. Now, the Bible says that Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. Do we have that kind of resolve? Do we have reverence for the Word of God? But then also there has to be a, recept a receptive heart. That is, we have to have receptivity to the Word. Over in Luke chapter 8 at verse 15, Jesus discusses the four types of soils. And those four types of soils are representative of four types of human hearts. Only one heart is productive. And that is the heart described by Jesus as a noble or honest and good heart. As you and I think about cultivating our heart or preparing our heart, we might ask the question, do we have receptive soil? Do we have an honest, a noble, and good heart? How many times have you heard individuals during the course of a religious discussion 
make the statement, now Jesus may have said this, but... Well, you see, if that's the attitude that we have, the problem is we may not have an honest or noble and good heart. So first we think about the cultivation of his heart, but then secondly, the consecration of his heart. Now we're talking about the fact that Ezra sought to be a practitioner of the word of God. Note if you would again, verse 10, Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. It's not enough to just hear the word of God, but rather we must put it into practice. Jesus talked about in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7. At verse 21, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. And then also John in the Revelation, in Revelation chapter 22 at verse 14. He wrote some 2,000 years ago, blessed are those that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and enter through the gates into the city. As you and I think about being a practitioner of the Word of God, well, we're talking primarily about our response to the Word. How do we respond to God's Word? We're focusing our minds on equipping ourselves for service service in the kingdom of God. We know that the Bible tells us that we are to be laborers in the kingdom, that we are to be productive In our Christian lives, Jesus said, Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. In John 15, verse 8. How do we respond to the teaching of our Lord? How do we respond to what the Bible has to say about equipping ourselves for service in the church of our Lord? Was it not James that said that we are to be doers of the word and not hearers only? James talks about the kind of individual that would stand in front of a mirror. And then after observing himself or herself, leaves the mirror and then forgets what he or she saw. Well, what we want to do is look into the mirror of the Word of God. That is, the Bible is a mirror. When we look at this book, we can see the things that we're doing right. We can make corrections on those things that we're not doing as we should. This book is literally a mirror to the soul of man. And so how do we respond to the teaching of the Bible? There has to be a proper response to the Word of God. So we think about our response to the Word, and then as we contemplate His consecration, His practice, I would suggest that not only must we respond to the word, but we must reflect the word. Now this goes back to what James said in chapter 1 verse 22. When he encouraged be doers of the word and not hearers only. When people see you in this community, do they see you as one who reflects the teaching of the Bible? Again, we've talked about the cultivation of Ezra's heart, but now the consecration of his heart. 
We're talking about putting into practice the teachings of the Bible. Responding to the word and then reflecting the word. When Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4 at verse 12, he said that we are to be an example to the believers in word, in our manner of life. And then he goes on to say, in spirit, in faith, in love, in purity. What about you tonight? Are you giving the proper reflection of the teaching of the Bible in your life, in the home, on the job, on the ball field, wherever you may be, wherever you may go, whatever you do, do people see Christ living in you? Equipping ourselves for service. Sometimes there's a the tendency among those of us who are members of the Lord's church to listen to the word of God as it is taught or preached and rather than taking heed individually, we look to our neighbor, our friend or family member and we say, well, they're talking about somebody else. But we're talking to each and every person because The word of God is applicable to all. And so there was the cultivation of Ezra's heart and the consecration of his heart. But there is also a third thing that we see in this verse. This has to do with the conversation from his heart. Note again verse 10, Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach statutes and ordinances in Israel. Now we're talking about the proclamation of the word of God. In short, we're emphasizing reaching out with the word of God. Ezra was a ready scribe, a skilled scribe in the law of Moses. In order for us to reach out with the word of God, to be effective servants... To be equipped servants, we have to know something about the Word. We have to have an understanding of what the Bible teaches. You see, Ezra had spent time making adequate preparation. There was cultivation, there was consecration, but then there was conversation. He took what he had learned and then shared that with other people. What are qualities needed among those of us who belong to the body of Christ, what are some qualities that we need in order for us to be able to teach others to share the gospel with other people? Well, I think that there are at least four things that come to mind. Number one, there has to be a level of competency. Now, those of us that go to a medical doctor from time to time, And I would imagine that all of us probably see a medical doctor occasionally. But when we do so, we want to make sure that that individual is competent in the field of medicine. We want to make sure that he or she is the very best in their field. 
We go to someone, if we have heart problems, we go to a heart specialist. And many times we will research online or maybe we'll talk to other people, but we will find out about his educational pedigree. We'll find out about his body of work, whether or not he is competent in that field. And then we will make a decision as to whether or not we will see that person as our physician. Well, what about teaching the Word of God? Do we have a sense of competency in this realm? The Hebrew writer discusses those who by reason of time should have been teachers, but he said they had need that someone teach them The oracles of the first principles of God. What was the problem? They were not growing as they should have been. And so instead of being able to sit down and talk to others about what the Bible teaches, they needed to be retaught themselves. Now Peter said, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Spiritual growth comes as a result of spending time in God's Word. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 at verse 24, Paul talks about the servant of the Lord. He said the servant of the Lord is not quarrelsome or does not strive. But he said he is able to teach. He is patient. When you sit down and talk to somebody one-on-one, what do, you need to, what do you need to have? Well, you need to have a working knowledge of what the Bible teaches. You have to have some understanding of what the Old Testament teaches and what the New Testament teaches. That there's a distinction there that we're under the law of Christ today, not under the Mosaic dispensation. You have to have some semblance of knowledge concerning what the Bible teaches. And then you have to be patient with people. My grandmother used to say Rome wasn't built in a day. And sometimes we expect people to know what we know after one night of study. It doesn't work that way. It takes time and patience. As a matter of fact, when Paul told Timothy to preach the word, to reprove, rebuke, and exhort, he said, with all long-suffering and teaching. That is, we have to suffer long with people. We have to be forbearing with people. Because it takes time. Now with regard to our competency in the Bible. Peter said, sanctify the Lord God in your heart. And be ready to give an answer or a defense. To any man that asks you of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Here's the question. As we think about equipping ourselves for service in the kingdom of God. And as we contemplate this idea of competency, where are you? Can you sit down with others and teach them? Do you have the patience to sit down one-on-one and talk to people about what the Bible teaches? Do you have the knowledge? Can you defend your faith? On Wednesday evenings, we've been taking Bible questions and trying to provide a Bible answer. And we have cited just about every Wednesday night, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. And we have said that as Christians, it is incumbent on us to be able 
to give an answer, a defense of what we believe. What do you believe? Why do you believe it? Well, we need to be able to tell people. But then there's a second quality that is necessary. And that has to do with compassion. In Matthew chapter 9, we read of Jesus going about preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And the Bible says in about verse 35 that he healed their sicknesses and diseases. And then when he looked upon the people, the text says he was moved with compassion because they fainted. And because they were scattered as sheep having no shepherd. If you and I are going to be productive servants in the kingdom of God, if we're going to be able to teach others to reach out to people in this community, we have to be compassionate. We have to be willing, or rather, let me just back up. We have to be able to see in people the need for the gospel. We have to have compassion on them for where they are in their lives. Sometimes we may look at people and we're hard. Maybe we're hard-hearted. Maybe, maybe it's the case that we are blinded to the spiritual needs of people in this community. And yet Jesus was moved with compassion. I think about how he was sympathetic toward others. Are we that way? When we talk about equipping ourselves for service in the kingdom of God, are we competent when it comes to the Bible? Are we compassionate in our dealings with other people? And then I would link to that a third thought. This has to do with the idea of being caring. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5 at verse 7 that God cares for us. It's evident that the Lord cared for us. When you look at the life of Jesus Christ and you think about his dealings with people in the first century, you see him associate with the downtrodden, with those who are social misfits, those who have been excluded from the lives of other people. I think about in Matthew chapter 9 when Jesus sat in the home of Matthew, a tax collector. Tax collectors were despised people in the first century. And there were people that questioned why Jesus would eat with publicans and sinners. It has been said before, I believe it to be the case. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. In order for us to reach this community with the gospel, in order for us to build the work of the church here, we have to equip ourselves. We have to have some fundamental things in order for us to build this work. We have to be competent in the scriptures. We have to be compassionate toward others. And we have to genuinely care about the souls of people. The Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Do we realize that people are truly lost and dying in sin? That without the Christ, 
they'll be separated from God forevermore. Do we realize that? Do we care that people are lost? Look around tonight. There are a lot of people that are not here. We've done very well attendance-wise on Sunday evenings, Sunday mornings for that matter. There are a lot of people that aren't here tonight. Do we care? Do we care enough to find out why some are not here? I understand that there are some who are sick, unable to be present. Some are out of town. Some may have chosen not to be here. Does that bother us? Are we willing to reach out and encourage, exhort, and build up those who belong to the body here? And then finally, I would suggest that we have to have courage. Ezra was a courageous man. And if you read this book and you see some of the things that he tackled, you'll find out how courageous he was. When we talk about equipping ourselves for service in the kingdom of God, it takes courage to be a laborer in the Lord's church, particularly when you talk about sharing the gospel of Christ. There are times when people are living lives that do not necessarily harmonize with what the Bible teaches. It's on occasions like that that we have to have the courage. Like Nathan of old in 2 Samuel chapter 12 when he talked to David, the king of Israel. David, you recall, had an adulterous relationship with Bathsheba. David tried to conceal what he had done. He wasn't able to do that. But in chapter 12, Nathan the prophet was dispatched by God to talk to the king. Nathan stood before him, told him a parable, and then he told King David, David, you are the man. You're the one that's guilty here. Do we have that kind of courage? I've had the opportunity to sit with people on, in times past. And I think about individuals whose lives were in conflict with what the Bible teaches. It's not always easy telling somebody, you're going to have to make some changes. But you see, if we're going to be the kind of people that reach out with the word like Ezra of old, who prepared his heart to practice God's word and then to teach statutes and ordinances... We're going to have to be courageous. We're going to have to have some conviction. In Acts chapter 4, we read of Peter and John. And they had healed a man. As a matter of fact, they drew a lot of criticism from the council. And they were commanded not to teach nor preach in the name of Jesus Christ. And you know how they responded? They said, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. It would be my hope and prayer that each of us would cultivate the kind of heart that is receptive to the teaching of God, that we would cultivate the kind of heart that becomes consecrated to the Lord, and then in our daily conversations 
Wherever we go, whatever we do, we have the courage and the conviction to talk to others about what the Bible teaches. That's how the church grew in the first century. That's how the church will grow in the 21st century. Sometimes we say it's not rocket science. It's really not. It's just being willing to reach out with the word of God. Ezra was a good man. And Ezra Ezra brought about spiritual and moral reform among the children of Israel. Now look around in our society today. Look around in in this city. Look around in the city of Memphis. What do you see? You see people whose lives are rent asunder by any number of problems. You see children that have a plethora of problems. Many of those problems stem from being in homes where parents are not equipping them. They're not teaching them. We think about the rising or escalation of crime in our community. All of the problems that are burdening our society. What's the answer? How can we correct these moral ills? You know how? To do as Ezra did. Equip ourselves so that we might teach God's word to people. In closing, let me just say this. Somebody cared enough about you to teach you. I want to encourage you tonight. Equip yourself to be a servant for the sake of Christ. This church is literally sitting on a gold mine. This past week, in the newspaper, there was an excerpt or there was an article that talked about the phenomenal growth going on in DeSoto County. This county is a boom town. This congregation can boom. But it's going to grow spiritually and numerically as each of us join hands together and work for the cause of Christ. The elders can't do it alone. It takes all of us working together. And so I want to encourage us to equip ourselves for service in the kingdom. Find your niche in the body of Christ and then get involved. There are things that you can do and there are things that I can do. There are things that you can do far better than I. And I want to encourage you to use whatever talents and abilities that you have for the glory of God. Tonight, if you're here and you're not a Christian, we want to encourage you to become a New Testament Christian. That is, we want to encourage you to do what they did in the first century. On Pentecost Day, the Bible says that Peter preached a gospel sermon in which some 3,000 people yielded obedience to the gospel. What did they do? They repented of their sins, and they were baptized for the remission of their sins. That is, they enjoyed forgiveness, and God added them to the church. That worked in the first century, and it will work tonight. The power is in the gospel. The gospel has the ability to cut to the heart of man. 
The Bible says in Acts 2.37, those assembled in Jerusalem were cut or pricked in their heart. Tonight, would you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as the Son of God? Would you repent of your sins, be baptized into Christ for forgiveness? If you're here, you're not faithful, would you come home? Why not come back to the Lord? Why not begin life anew this very hour? We can use you right here. The Lord can use you. And in so doing, we'll be heaven bound together. Would you come as we stand and sing?